Welcome to the RVA Returners Podcast, your weekly source for all things Final Fantasy TCG. Dude, I just don't know if I really want to play a Turks deck. I just hope that they get enough pieces. I hope it's not like Sky Pirates 2.0 where you're like, here's one Rude, here's one Reno, here's one, uh, uh, what's his nuts, uh, Shinra. Yeah, I have a, well, yeah, Rufus. I have a feeling that's Rufus, kinda, yeah, Rufus. kind of what it's going to be at first, at least. Maybe, maybe it's like Scions, though. Who knows? No, I hope so, man. I hope so. But I'm really, really excited about my man Gladio. But we'll get to that. What it's time to do, Adam, it's time to start the next episode of the RVA Returners podcast. Boys, we are back. Welcome. I'm your host, Chris Adams. With me, as always, is Adam Lane. Adam, say hi to everybody. Hey. <laughs> hey, yeah, you're, you're just as tired as I am this hey, morning, man. This- we had a had a long day of cards yesterday, a fun day of cards yesterday, and uh, you know we'll talk about that event here in a little bit. Um, but you know we're, we got we got a lot to cover today. There's uh, spoiler season is in full effect, but again we'll cover that. And Adam, do you know where we're going to cover all these hot uh, these hot topics and all these hot new spoilers? I never know, man. <laughs> I never know, man. Well, uh, well, I'm gonna go ahead and tell you, it's the news. Yeah, so uh, so as far as spoilers go, we got a uh, man. We were just bombarded with Opus Eight spoilers. What was it, Thursday or yeah. Wednesday night, something like that? Yeah, whenever that magazine dropped, uh, we got a lot of stuff. So yeah, let's, let's go down the line, man. Some of these things are really, really exciting. So I'm gonna start with the first one, and then I'm pretty sure I'm gonna mispronounce it because I don't play. I'm, I don't really play Crystal Chronicles. Uh, mm-hmm. Very, very ruled. I don't know. It's like it's like remoulade sauce, but with a V. I don't I don't know. Uh, is, this a, is this a is this one a bird or a tree? I it's probably a bird, but you know I'm gonna call it a tree. Yeah, it looks like a <laughs> looks like a duck walks like a duck. Um, it's probably a remoulade sauce. So a lot of these are heroics actually, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, of course he's a Crystal Chronicles. He's a four CP, AK forward. Is that right? Oh no, he's a five K. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, this is written down wrong. Okay, okay. Yeah, I thought he was under curve. Uh, I'll have to change this. But yeah, when, he, when he's put from the field into the break zone, choose a win monster of cost four or less in your break zone and play it onto the field. Seems okay. I mean, you, you, I think he's good in like the mono win Crystal Chronicles because you can get those Layaxe back and stuff like that. Um, maybe like decks with like Zoo and all that crazy stuff in it, so maybe. Uh, I'm not a huge fan just because, one, it's only wind. If it was any mm-hmm. color, I think he'd be good. Mm-hmm. Um, no, for sure. But because it's only wind... Uh, he's kind of limited in what he can get, and the, to get his full value, it's mm-hmm. you got you got to be playing like Condor. And yeah. while I like the idea of Condor, it's just you're, it's a dream that you're never gonna live, really. And if you yeah, do get to live it, you're already beating your opponent down so bad that like you're already gonna win the game. <laughs> so, so you're saying this card's like Seador? I mean, maybe maybe not that bad because there are other options to bring back, like you said, Layak. But like that's mm-hmm. not really like getting full. Like I can play Urian J and get Layak back, right? I don't even have to play this guy. Sure. So sure. like, um, I mean, yeah, I just unless they print on um, some more wind high costed monsters that are good, mm-hmm. I, I don't like him right now. But he's you know again he's got an ability that you could always come back to. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Moving down the line. Yeah. So then next, I know you're you're pretty excited about this one. Oh, you have no idea. Yeah, it's the new Laswell. So you know, Brave Exvius. Uh, he's Ice Four CPAK Job Knight. Um, when he enters the field. Or tax. Choose a forward. If it has received damage, dull and freeze it. For one fire, uh, choose a forward, deal a thousand damage. And then he has a special Azure Sky for uh, S, fire, ice, and dull. 
choose two forwards, deal at 8K to the first, and Dolan Freeze the other. Dude, I think this card is fantastic, and I'm, I'm going to tell you a couple reasons why. One, you know, obviously, you know, Fire Ice is back, Old Reliable is back, and the fact that this guy can just, you know, you can pay five to pretty much turn him into a Genesis when he enters the field because um, you can just pay his four and then the one fire. But I, I think, you know, we were talking about it on the trip down yesterday. He has so many more applications outside of Fire Ice. Obviously, Ice X is where he's going to be, but, like, this guy in, like, Wind Ice with, like, Cactuars, like, just anything that allows him to ping or, like, again, Ice Wind playing this, like, playing a Chalinka, then going right into this guy. Like, there's all kinds of really wild applications for this card. Like, just pretend the special isn't there because I don't think that's something you're going to use often. But this guy just is just going to be able to do so much for so little. I absolutely love it. Yeah, I mean, I, like you said, I don't think the S is that great. I mean, it's good if you can get it off, I guess. But mm -hmm. I don't I don't think you're running six Laswells in the decks that you know, we're talking about. It's probably just three of this guy, which means you might mm -hmm. get to do it. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, like, you know, I think people are just looking at him straight in Fire Ice, and I think he could be really good in Wind Ice, too. Mm -hmm. uh, just through the p other ping, he just kind of ignores his last two abilities if you play him in that deck. Being mm -hmm. able to attack and Genesis something every turn is pretty good. It's huge. Yeah, I, I think this card is excellent. Like, absolutely excellent. And I can't wait to... I know me and Ron are both excited to start brewing with this guy, for sure. Yeah, I think he's going to see some play, for sure. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree uh, with that 100%. Yeah, then next up is a card that we talked about last time. You just didn't know what the card was at the time. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, funny. Yeah, and that's Gladio. Uh, he's a 4CP 9K, uh, Earth good. Earth Forward. Mm -hmm. uh, you can only pay Earth CP to play him. Mm -hmm. uh, if you control Noctis, uh, he's re his cost is reduced by 2. And then he has an S for S, Earth, Earth. Um, and then 2 Colorless and Dull. Deal 7K to all forwards opponent controls. I think this card's really good. Um, it's not quite what we wanted it to be or what we kind of predicted it was going to be. But I'll take a 2 CP 9K any day of the week. Yeah, I think he's just solid. I think if you're playing Noctis and you have room for him, it's probably just going to be fine. Yeah. Again, his S absolutely. is expensive, but uh, it's pretty decent for what it does. Yeah, I mean, 7K is a sweet spot right now. So, I mean, he, there's a lot he could kill. For sure, yeah. I mean, but Rydia uh, also hits that number, and she doesn't see much play. But I guess she does damage all the forwards that aren't Earth. So, like, mm -hmm. it's not as good, but it's also cheaper. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, obviously if Noxus is in play like you're playing this guy you probably have an anthem so he's probably like a 2cp 10k yeah and if, See, you want to get, seems... if you want to get crazy play Ingus he's a 2cp 11k but... yeah like it, it, you, you just you just keep singing like these wonderful tunes in my ear just I think this card's good um, he's, he's not gonna be he's not you know lighting the world on fire but you know he's a real solid body that I think is gonna I think he will see play in like mono earth builds I think he probably will too and I think it's really important to be big and be a 4cp right now yeah, I agree. So, I agree with that. So I think that's actually pretty important. And, and the fact that he can be reduced is pretty crazy. Yep. Yeah. And then next is um, Mar the new Marsh, which we had seen the art for a, lot, a while back. Yeah. I think they spoiled it, what, Nats, I think? Uh, World. Oh, World. No, not even World. Yeah. Yeah, World. Yeah. Uh, but he's a, a Tactics Advance Forward EX Burst 4CP 5K. Mm -hmm. uh, when he enters the field, reveal the top five cards of your deck. Add one fire card among them to your hand. Put the rest on the bottom. I really like this card. I do too. Uh, I do too. I think he's gonna like get you some pretty good value. He's almost always gonna hit. Like it's it's a it's an element off the top, not like a specific job like a lot of the other ones are, or, or like a specific card type. Yep. Um. So like if you're playing on a fire, he can't whiff. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also searchable by another EX burst, which is pretty good. So maybe that'll see Mont Blanc. Mont Blanc will see some play. Yep. Um, I mean, for me, I'm thinking like maybe Ice Earth or Ice Fire Moogles might be decent mm-hmm. with this, um, and to get your fire cards that you need, and then your backups are kind of all too durable. So, mm-hmm. yeah, being able to like, and obviously you're, you're using the other Hurdy, but being able to go like Hurdy Mont Blanc Marsh into whatever off the top seems like a pretty good value train there. Yep. Yeah, I like it. I like it as well, man. I, re- I can't wait to see what people do with it. Um, you know, it's good. There's no, there's, re- there's really no downside to that card other than that's a 5K, but, you know, yeah. you can't have it all. Yeah, yeah, I, I think where he's at it power level-wise is fine. If he was bigger than that, it might be really, really dumb because the fact yeah. that he's a burst is a big deal. Like, he's a burst, uh-huh. so. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, he, he he's a burst, and he has a searcher that's a burst, so I think theoretically you could hit either one of those, and you're definitely you're going to net, like, two cards. So Yeah, not yeah, it's, yeah. Um, the math is there. Yeah. So the the next one is Diana. She's a Final Fantasy Legends character, Job Warrior mm. of Darkness, which seems to be like a theme in the set, yep. or it's gonna be. Um, mm. When she enters the field, choose a category of Legends uh, forward other than Cardium Diana in your break zone. Adds to your hand. So that means she could basically be a one CP. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Dole choose a one category of Legends forward other than Diana. You control it gets plus two thousand power until end of turn. Well, this is another card we kind of predicted. Like we said, uh, well, it is another Al Cid target, but I don't think it does. It doesn't do anything for that card, obviously. Um, I think she's kind of bland, but I really think her effectiveness is going to be based on just how good this Warrior of Darkness or more Legend stuff comes. You know, comes down the pipe. Like I think if she can start, if she can start recurring. Um, some of these like powerful forwards, like the fact that she can right now get like an Aegis or a Soul back seems pretty good. Yeah, but I don't think that's really going to synergize with her that well. I think that's it has, what I'm saying. there has to be yeah. some other deck that comes out of this. Yeah, um, and, I, and that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, so maybe uh, I'll, I'll put a pin in her for now. Yeah, because with what we've seen so far, I don't think she sees play. She's always probably, she's also probably the least favorite of these spoilers that I've seen, just because not that she's bad, she's just really mm-hmm. bland, bland to me. Yeah. Yeah, she she is the Gerber graduates of uh these this little crop of spoilers. Yeah, and then the last set of the the last card of the first set of spoilers is Ico. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's a five CP water forward, four thousand power job summoner. Mm-hmm. Um, when she enters the field, you may search your deck for one summon, add it to your hand, and then when she's put from the field to the break zone, draw a card. I think the card's fine. Um, I think she's a little pricey for what she does, but she's going to net you a card, and then when she dies, she's like it's just one of those things that you could play her, search for a Famfrit, play the Famfrit, draw a card. Yep. Yeah, I mean, like I think the, the biggest. Down. Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me mm-hmm. is that the summon is not color restricted at all. Yeah. Um, Which is so you could play like some pretty cool summon deck and get your big uh, off color summon and play it. Um, maybe you play her alongside the old Garnet Legendary and get like an off-color yep. summon that you want, and then cast it with Garnet. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, she could do a lot of cool things, I think. And not being color restricted, it definitely makes it a lot more like open to doing some pretty crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. I think I think she's pretty fairly costed, to be honest. Yeah, she's a body sure. that that gets you a, a really good card. Yeah. Um, and then she's gonna block something and draw a card. So yeah, so she's essentially a one CP when you are what one three. You know. One, yeah, two, three. yeah, she's a one CP. Yeah, yeah I when, do the math. I'm so exhausted today. As long as she dies and, and hits the break zone, she's essentially a one CP. It's just delayed. Yeah. Uh, the only thing, I mean, and I guess if you want to play Braska, like you can make this a four CP. Mm-hmm. Maybe that deck yeah. becomes a thing. I just, I don't see it yet, but 
But I think that's a good piece for something like that for sure. I think I think there's I think there's a lot of upside there. For sure. And then the next set of spoilers we got were uh, not from the poster, but from the magazine itself. Yeah. Um, and um, no, the text thankfully has been uh, has been spoiled, and we've this is a little bit of everything. We find we we're seeing our first legendary in this group as well. Yeah, and he's actually the first card. So nice. Uh, it's knocked. He's a not Noctis. It's just knocked. Mm-hmm. He's a Earth Four CP, aka Job Warrior of Darkness. So there's that mm-hmm. theme again. Uh, if you control another Job Warrior of Darkness other than Noct, he gains a thousand power and brave. And then for mm-hmm. X X, choose a forward or monster. If it costs X, break it. Uh, you can only use stability during your turn and only once per turn. And then S, uh, Earth, Earth, choose one forward, deal at 8,000 damage. Yep. I think this card's really good. I really like the fact that they're they're, they're using this. Um, and I, I knew it was a matter of time before they did a, um, you know, something like this. this the, that type of ability, the double X cost ability, that's something that's very reminiscent of Magic the Gathering. Like the first cards that come to mind are like, you know, Chalice of the Void is the first one that, you know, immediately comes to mind. And the fact that, you know, and I'm I'm pretty sure I'm pretty pretty sure you can pay zero. I think you can like, to target something like pop a Lua shield. I'll pay zero, target a Lua, fizzle her shield, then I'll kill her, something like that. Yeah, and that, I mean that's definitely worth it. I do think it is a bit pricey. I mean, you're gonna pay four to kill a two CP. You're gonna mm-hmm. pay eight to kill a four CP. Um, the the most use I see getting out of this ability is nullifying a Lua shield for free. Mm-hmm. And maybe breaking monsters like Cactuar and Layak. Yep. Yeah, I, I will. I will one hundred percent pay two to break Cactuar or pay four to break both of them. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Like, but you can only I, do I one per turn, by the way. Yeah, yeah. So, That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like you just you just pop two, boom, pay two, boom, it's dead. Or and also too, coming down the home stretch of the game, if you just need a mana dump at the end, like you're pushing for game. Oh, All right, yeah. I'll pay six, break your Yastola or whatever. Yeah. And he can the- theoretically do it the turn he comes out, but like, you know, yeah. that's going to get it. You're going to pay a lot of CP, but if it went to the game, it went to the game, you know. Yeah, and, you know, and honestly, Earth doesn't generate that kind of card advantage, so maybe I could see him in like some sort of Earth X deck, like Earth Water, mm-hmm. you know, where you're just using Layla Viking to draw a lot of cards. You play this guy, and you still got like six cards in your hand. You're like, all right, well, I'll break this thing and then push through with the rest of your guys. I, I think the card has a lot of upside. Yeah, I mean, well, we're see, we've seen the Warrior of Darkness in two colors now, so maybe that's the two colors, or maybe it's going to be like, you know, Opus 5, where, like, where they're going to be across, like, every color. That would be pretty neat. So. Pretty neat. Well, actually, uh, no, there was a Warrior of Light and Earth, but there wasn't one in Lightning, so maybe we'll get a Ice Warrior of Darkness? Maybe. I'm just guessing. I don't know. I'm not familiar with these characters, really, so. Yeah. I know it was a mobile game, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was, but it, I heard it's pretty good. Nice. Nice. Uh, yeah, then the next card is a uh, new Palum, but it's Ice, uh, 2CP, 5K. Uh, when it enters the field, choose one of the following three. Um, all players, discard one card, choose one forward, freeze, and then dole all backups opponent controls. Um, I'm a fan of this card. It's, it's nice to see, you know, the twins outside of their normal elements. Um, I think there's some neat utility here, like the fact that he's a 2CP, so you can play him off of Phoenix and... You know, it becomes a neat little combat trick. You play, you Phoenix him in and dull all their backups so they don't really have access to any of their combat tricks at that point. Or they, they have to, they have to like play their cards right then and there. Um, freezing a forward could be good. Um, you know, maybe the discard is fine. Like you can start, <laughs> I was jokingly saying, all right, you play Laguna, put the, put the search on the stack. 
you devout in Palum. You're playing Turbo again. Yay. Yeah, with devout, though. <laughs> yeah, it seems real bad. Seems no, I, I think the card's fine. I don't really know in what capacity it's going to see play, but I think it's tricky. Yeah. I I want to like it, but the more I think about it, like it's just, I don't know. I think Where it's pretty decent. It? Yeah. I think it's pretty decent. I think it would be better if it was a bigger body on a 4K because it would be like a bigger, better devout target. Yeah. But because it's, I think they did that on purpose. I think that's pretty yeah. smart, to be honest. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty cool and like like you said, like a Phoenix deck, where mm-hmm. you can just play this on the field at instant speed, yep, and force a response out of your opponent. So maybe it's good there. But, yeah, yeah, maybe it's good in, like that Wolf deck, you know. Yeah, maybe, maybe I can see that. Just kind of shut down and just starve them from resources. Yeah, it could be fine. Could be absolutely be fine. Yep. Uh, the next forward is uh, Xenos. I'm actually, I'm pretty. I was pretty excited when they when they showed the art for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's a fire four CP eight K. Uh, if your mm-hmm. opponent controls a job warrior of light, he gains plus two thousand power, haste, and brave. And then when mm-hmm. he deals damage to your opponent, choose a forward opponent controls deal at five thousand damage. Now I'll preface this by that I've seen some translations say warrior of light, and I've seen some say scion. I've heard that the original translation of scion people couldn't really make out what the job meant was, and so that's what uh-huh. they went with. That's what I've heard. Um, okay. I think pe- people seem to be pretty solid that it's warrior of light. Which I think okay. is for the better. I mean, sure. Like, I think that's going to cover more stuff. Because, I mean, even Scion decks are running wool, right? So Absolutely. So it's, it's a great way to, like, it's just some good counterplay to that extremely powerful card. Yeah. But, I mean, the fl- yeah. flavor-wise, it would make sense if it was either. So. Sure. Absolutely. But, yeah, I think that card's good. I think that's a good fire card. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't know if you run a full playset of those, or it's maybe like a one or nah. two of you. I think he's pretty medium. I mean, I think if... If Warrior of Light is, like, everywhere, if there's everybody's around, like, a Warrior of Light, which is, it's probably, like, what, 75-25 right now. If you have, like, at least one Warrior of Light in your deck, you probably might have one. Yeah. At least one. I mean, and then you got yeah. the, some people are running, like, all of them, like, kind of what I played yesterday. But, um, mm-hmm. and he's going to be really good against those because he's going to be a 10K with Haste and Brave. Yeah. Um, yeah, that seems okay to me. Yeah, and then, when he, you know, when he deals damage, it's kind of similar to Celis, right? It's pretty yep. much the same thing, uh, except it's not required to be dull. Uh, but he he does have to target just like Celis, so. Yeah, but I think that could be cute with like the min seven war mech or whatever. Yeah, you could Swing, buff his damage up to seven. Them. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you could do some. So other there, stuff some I think, too. Yeah, I think there's some neat tricks with this card. I, I think it's a I think it's a good card. I think it's good. Yeah, I think, I think he's gonna be tricky, but maybe he fits in like a deck as like a one of or two of. I have some ideas for yeah. him, but nothing that's not really super gimmicky right now. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for then, sure. So, so things that are incredibly fair. Yeah, and then uh, next was actually a, a pretty exciting card, not because of what he does, but because of what it is. Yeah, um, for sure. So that's rude. He's a lightning two CP backup job Turks. Yeah. Um, so that's the first Turk that we've seen in this version of the game. Um, Dole choose one card named Rufus or Turk job Turks you control until end of turn against a thousand power. So that's already pretty good for two CP backup, I think. Oh yeah. And then he has an S. It's uh mighty expensive. So it's a S, triple lightning, and four colorless and dull. Uh deal eight thousand damage to all active forwards you control or uh, your opponent wait. No, just all, all active, active forwards. So sorry, it doesn't even care that it's if it's yours. And then yeah. uh, you can only use this ability if you control Cardin Perino. Um I, I don't really think you're ever gonna be using that S, but I think the fact that it's a two C P backup that threatens a buff to one of your guys, I think it's really good yeah i mean if turks are good right this is going to be mm-hmm. a pretty decent turn one play 
Um, if another yeah. Turk counts all Turks on the field, he's going to count toward that. And yep. he's cheap for doing it. So, I mean, Kryle's good. She doesn't do anything. Exactly. Know? So, I mean, she does do something, but really, you know. She's just there for because she's a scion, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, yeah, maybe the S comes into play at some point, but I really doubt it. <laughs> like yeah. that's, that's expensive. That's and it and it's not opponents. At least if I'm reading this right, it's not opponents. So. Yeah. I and hope it's opponents. For, for 7 CP, I would hope it's only opponents. Yeah. That but I don't know. Um, I'd, I'd like. I hope they get you know a lot of support in this set because I, I definitely want to play a Turks deck just to see if they have some really neat. Uh, just you, you know me, man. I'm a sucker for tribal synergies, and I, I think if they can get enough support in this set, um, it might be something worth exploring. Oh, I mean, if it's seven tribal, I'm, I'm sold. If it's good, like mm -hmm. if, if it's good, I'm gonna play it. Mm -hmm. um, I hear that. Yeah, and then the next card is a new Archangel, Archangel MR. It's another eleven wind card. Mm -hmm. uh, Two CP, three K. Uh, when Archangel MR, wait, sorry, Archangel MR cannot be blocked by fours of seven thousand power or more, and then for double wind till end of turn, Archangel MR cannot be targeted by your opponent's summons or abilities. I think the card's pretty neat. Um, I don't really know where. I mean, I, I guess this could be one that you maybe maybe you played in win, but like I feel like if you're playing this card, you're almost just better off playing Adele, or maybe they can coexist. I don't know. Yeah, uh, it is category eleven. So I think maybe you could squeeze one into Wind Earth. I doubt it. It just doesn't. It's not on theme with what they're trying to do. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, yeah, it's searchable. But like you said, I think Adele might just be better. Um, it's less conditional on like what can block it, but yeah. more susceptible to stuff. Mm -hmm. But if you're trying to make this thing immune, it's basically going to be a four CP three K anyways. And then three yep. K is just a bad number to be at. <laughs> like it's just that that power level is hit by one single Valifor. Like that's bad. Yep. So, yep. Yeah, because with Valifor, you're not even targeting, so it doesn't nope. even matter. You're just, like, dead. Yep, it doesn't matter at all. It's just yep. one, one Valifor kills this thing no matter what, unless you're yep. running Maria. Yeah, then at that point, I feel like you're dedicating too much to this card. Yeah, and I, I just, I mean, maybe in some capacity you'll see play, because like you said, it is tutorable. Mm -hmm. I just, I don't see it right now. I don't think it's a bad mm -hmm. card, and I think what it sure. does is kind of cool, but... I just think where it's where the meta is currently, the numbers this lines up too well with like everything that and it, that was bad for it. So yep, yeah, and then, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. And then the last set of these spoilers, which is probably the one I'm the most excited about, is the mm -hmm. uh, the Water Ninja forward from Tactics Advance. He's uh, Austin Archer. Listen up, we got five color ninjas. They're back. He's at three CP five K, so he's a little under curve. Sure. But for Water and Dull, just Water and Dull. Uh, put him in the break zone, choose a forward opponent controls, activate it, and gain control of it until end of turn. Yeah, seems pretty good. Granted, no, you can't attack with it. It doesn't give the forward haste, but, right. you know, and, and you, it won't have haste on your side either if it start. you know, even if it's been out for a, a turn on your opponent's side, you can't use whatever active ability that it has once you activate it. Correct, yeah, because you're just pulling it. it it's going to change sides, so it's going to, like, kind of regain yep. summoning sickness, as it were. Yeah. Um, but if you take their wall, you can use that ability. If you yeah. take their Lua, you can swing with it. If you take their Adele, you can swing with it. Yeah. And then if you have any ways to obviously give it haste, you can do that too. Um, you can take it and then fan for it. Or um, Kefka. Yeah. I mean, for me, I'm, the more, what I'm thinking about is ways to give this guy haste and make it like an instant speed um, steal mm -hmm. and then do some kind of tricky stuff. It'll get a little expensive, I think, but... Mm -hmm. I just want it's cheaper than Shuyin, and that's what matters. <laughs> yeah, it is still cheaper than Shuyin by doing that, and, and it's not limited to. I can take whatever I want. It's not mm -hmm. the power level isn't what matters. Correct, and so, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, but yes, yeah, yeah. so that's all the um, 
the ones from the magazine. Then we had one card of the week that was shown. Oh, yeah. I forgot about the uh, cloud. Go ahead and go over that guy. Yeah, so he's a, the starter cloud. He's Earth now. Uh, mm -hmm. He's in 3 CP, 7K. Uh, when he enters the field, choose on forward. If you control four or more category 7 forwards, break it. And whenever a category 7 forward, you control blocks against plus 1,000 power until end of turn. Um, I think the first ability is definitely a superstar in title. But I think the second ability is where he's going to shine in some sort of uh, FF7 uh, category deck and standard, which I think could be very real. Like, you know, being able to have, like, if you've got Vincent Yuffie out and you play this guy, now my Vincent's blocking as a 10K. Yeah. You know, I think that's pretty good. I, th I think the card's good. I, th yeah. I think I think he's going to do a lot more. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think that in title he's going to be nutty. Uh, and mm -hmm. I think the title deck's going to change a pretty fair amount. I think it's going to go away from being like just a Vincent deck, which mm -hmm. is a good thing, I think. It'll be more fun to play, I think. I mean, I, it's yeah. kind of gotten stale on me a little bit. And then I, I do think, yeah, the second ability is what's going to make him playable in standard if a seven deck is actually good with that has Earth in it, which it seems like that's what they're pushing. Mm -hmm. um, if we can somehow get a Barrett that's really good and Opus 4 Jesse becomes good and this thing becomes a 2CP that does this, I think mm -hmm. that's enough. Like I think that that's going to be more than enough. Yeah, um, him being a 2CP7K is not terrible. Yeah, and then everything's an 8K when it blocks. Yeah, like you said, with Vincent and Yuffie 2 in that deck, that's going to be pretty good. Um, yeah, it just really depends on if a 7 deck is going to be good in standard, and if it is, and it has Earth in it, I think this card is 100% in it. So. Yeah, absolutely. I'm curious to see what that's, what other starter cards that deck has, because obviously we know there's a Tifa in there. Yeah, we know oh, there's a Tifa. Card. My guess is either probably another Barrett. I doubt they're going to print another Vincent, but maybe... And then the win cards will probably be Sid, Yuffie, and Aerith. That's probably going to be your starter cards somewhere yeah. in there. Yeah. So I'm excited to see. Um, you know, spoiler season is hot and heavy, and there's a lot of uh, there's there's a lot to talk about. I think they're um, I think they're off to the right track. I think you know, Fire's got some decent cards. Um, Earth, I think once again is getting just ridiculously good forwards. Um, yeah, I can't wait to see where it goes, man. I'm really excited about this set. I'm really excited what this Warrior of Darkness. Uh, you know, try, uh, this Warrior of Darkness tribe is going to be. I can't wait to see what they do. Yeah, should be interesting. I mean, the Warrior of Light tribe right now, I think it's pretty solid. Well, it's in a great place. Absolute great place. And that's a, I can't think of a better segue than that, Adam. <clears throat> so there were a couple events yesterday. Um, do we want to start with the Keyblade Cup, or do we want to go ahead and just dive right into the Arizona Petite Cup that was yesterday? Let's do the Arizona one because I feel like that'll be quicker. Yeah, because unfortunately there wasn't a stream, which I, I heard they weren't just they weren't really set up for it. But um, you know there was a lot of star power there. Oki was there, Brian Berkeley was there, our, our, our man Greg Cole was there. I know Kyle McGinty was there. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I know you've got the results posted. It seems like it was a good time. I looked at all the photos of just the people playing and prizes and raffles. Like they really did it up, man. It looked like it was just a really really fun experience. Yeah, I have the top four names and then the top two decks. That's all I have. Um, okay. So, so the winner was Brian Hewn. I think that's mm -hmm. how you say his name. I'm sorry if I mispronounced it, but he's an Arizona, he was an Arizona local. Arizona local, right? Yeah. yeah. And he was playing Monowater Fasoya. He beat Brian Berkeley in finals, who was playing Earthwind, Orion J with Phoenix. Mm -hmm. um, and then third and fourth were David Nunez and Rigo Davila. And I'm, I don't have their decks, so but that was the top four. Yeah, but I know Oki was in top eight. Um, yeah, I don't even know what Oki played. I, I'll probably ask him later. But, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, he was also in top eight. Um, I don't remember if any, anybody else was in top eight. but I, w I would have liked to have seen a stream, but I get it. If you're not set up for it, you're not set up for it. Um, but it, it looks like just from the pictures, like I said, just from the pictures, 
that everybody had a fantastic time, and I'll bet it was a fantastic event too. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't the only event that was happening yesterday. <clears throat> we uh we went down to our buddies at Game Theory. Uh, you know, went to go visit the Ranch Master and the gang. Um, they had the uh, the Keyblade Cup yesterday. Um, we had was it thirty one players? What was? Do we know what the speaking? Of, just to backtrack a tad, do we know what the uh, player count was at the Arizona Petite Cup? I believe it was thirty one or thirty two. Thirty-one Okay. I mean, cool, I, yeah. I'm just going. Off, if that was the first sheet, there could have been another sheet of results. But if that one results sheet was it, I think it was like thirty-one or thirty-two people. Okay. Yeah. Someone could. Uh, someone who was at that event could chime in on the comments. Let us know how many were there. Um. Again, it looked like it was a good event. But fast forward back to where we were at. Um. Yeah. We had thirty-one players for the Keyblade event. Um. It was uh, Ryan Galloway was the one who put it all together. Um. You know, big shout outs to him, man. He did a fantastic event. And a big shout out to Joe Gallo for judging the event again. Uh, I believe he was judging and playing. So he was, yeah. You know. And I know we, you know, Hunter helped him out with rules calls. If I helped him out a couple times too. Yeah. yeah, I helped him out a couple times too. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a it was a fun event, man. We did a we had five rounds of Swiss into a top eight cut. Um, let's uh, Adam, if you want to start, tell us how you did, man. What you played and how the event went for you. Um, I did pretty good. So mm-hmm. uh, started out the day four. No. I lost a three and one, yeah. So, mm-hmm. And then I won. So I ended up four and one total. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, yeah, I lost to the the guy that finished first, number one in Swiss, the the one undefeated on Windwater. Yep. I, uh, I guess I should preface it. I was playing Mono Fire Warriors of Light, mm-hmm. uh, but I was playing an extremely fast version of the deck. I was only had fourteen backups in it. Yep. Uh, a lot of two CPs, uh, Godot, you know, pretty much a swarm deck. Uh, the idea was that like. Uh, so for I guess let me preface it again. Like uh, this deck's not mine. Uh, it was uh, Nick Chanel bit, built the initial deck, uh, and then I just kind of took, tweaked it, and changed a few cards out. Uh, and it's been really good for me. Uh, you'd be surprised how good Neo Bahamut is in this deck. Actually, it's it's pretty yeah. insane. Uh, just being able to top you deck. You can't do it during combat. Yeah, you just can't do it during combat. That's that's the big thing. Uh, but yeah, I think my my first match was probably my closest match against. Uh, I think his name was Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, he was playing Mono Water Facilia. Um and yeah, it came down pretty down the wire. We were both on six damage, and he had kind of turned the corner, and I managed to was like was able to get a little bit bigger than his forwards and force him to block where he could, like he had to block. And then the next turn, I was able to swing through for game, but that was probably the closest game of the day. Um, then yeah, I had to play Hunter, who was on Chocobos, which was kind of surprising to me. Yeah, a lot um, of people won that all that cold turkey deck. Yeah, and I feel like my deck dumpsters that deck like really really oh, bad. yeah it does and it's I think, not even... yeah i think hunter felt that way too um yeah it was it was not good for him uh i mean like i don't care about snow because i'm already turning sideways and i'm playing forwards faster than he is mm-hmm. so it really does like his shivas don't matter and his snow really doesn't matter uh jills were really important but like even mm-hmm. when he would see a jill off burst and play a jill i was still able to win so yeah it was just it wasn't really good for him uh and then I played Will also in Swiss and was able to beat him in Swiss. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we both made top eight. I guess if you want to go through your Swiss first, and then we can talk about top eight. Yeah, yeah. So I um I also went X and one. I was uh, I was undefeated going into the last round, and I lost to the same um, win water player player. I believe his name was Michael. Yeah. And um, yeah, I I I was on the uh, the big doofy Earth like the NorCal special is what they call it, where it's just thirty forwards, twenty five bursts, six backups. You're just you know, you're just playing for the turn one, Vincent, Yuffie, Yang, Ursula, Vanille, into whatever play. Um, 
only one of my game, other than the, the last one that I lost, and truth be told, man, uh, where I, I know the moment where I lost the game, I, I should have killed the Chalinka when she came into play. Mm-hmm. Um, I should I had Ursula special in hand ready to use, and I should have done it then before he could have used all of his tricks and killed my board. Instead, I got greedy and I pushed for game instead. But, you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda. The, other than that, my only other close game was in Swiss was against um, Ryan. Um, because he is, you know, unfortunately, the unfortunate part of that deck is Wool just shits on it. Wool is the one card in 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 the game right now that just destroys that deck. And you know, I had to like, I had like, there was three turns in a row where I had to move to discard just so I could hold up the removal to to get him off the board. And really, like, I think he got me to like four damage. And the one, the turn where where he messed up was there was one turn where he got greedy and didn't call no EX burst with Wall and got immediately punished for it. And then yeah. the game turned around in my favor right there. But, uh, yeah, I went X1. Uh, I was the number two seed going into Swiss. And I believe you – I'm sorry, going into top eight. I believe I was the number one – I was the number two seed. You were the number three seed, right? Yeah, so I guess uh, – see if I remember every – so I'm looking at the Swiss results right now. So num- this is going into top eight. Uh, the number one seed was Michael Powell on Wind Water. Uh-huh. Number two seed was you on Mono Earth, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, bursty dudes. <laughs> yeah, the salty spittoon is I what think, we're calling. Yeah, you called the deck what? Are you okay, Buster Wolf? I think. Yeah, I did. I did that for uh, shout outs to Shane Duckworth and Miles Tyler. Yeah, I know he he's always wearing the Fatal Fury hat every time I see yep. him, uh, which is I always comment on it too. Um, yes. Yeah. Then third was me on Mono Fire Warrior of Light. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fourth was Evan Cerrone on Earth Wind, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe he was on Earth Wind. Fifth was uh, Brendan uh, on Tala, yeah. he Mono was on Wind. Mono Wind. I think he was yeah. on Mono Wind. Uh, sixth was Hunter on uh, Ice uh, Wind Chocobos. Seventh was Will on Ice Earth, like yep. Flan, and with a pretty good amount of dark cards. Yep. Uh, and then eighth was Danny Scott, I believe, also on Mono Wind. Uh, no, Danny Scott was on Mono Fire Warrior of Light as oh, well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, he had the slower version of the deck I was playing. That's yep. right, yep. Yeah. Yep. He, had, he was running, like, Katuna. He had, like, he had actually, like, typical amounts of backups. He was running, like, Baham- mm-hmm. like regular Bahamas and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, I, I t- he talked to me a little bit after, I think, because, uh, yeah, because he saw I was playing it, too, and I told him mine was much different because, like, he was obviously trying to play, like, a slower game, and, mm-hmm. I, and I'm just a, I'm playing a faster game, and just getting my dudes really, really big. Like, yep. my guys get big and they're fast. Mm-hmm. So I I feel like the version I played is the better version of the deck. Sure. Yeah, the, the, the mid-range you want, I think, just allow, like, when you allow, like, the decks, like, the Wind Water and the Wind Earths just to you, you just set lose. up, you're you just in lose. trouble. Yeah, yeah, that's the problem. The, the whole idea is that the deck that I played is able to beat those decks before they can do the things they want to do and force them into uncomfortable situations at the beginning of the game to force them to play how they don't want to play and I'm glad you said that. I was a good because that was going to follow up with that because that's why I played the deck that I played because I was I originally was going to play Wind Water, and you know that's the deck I'm on right now. That I think that's still the best deck in the game. And I was like, I was like, do I? And, and on like last the night before, I was like, do I really want to sit there and potentially play Wind Water Mirrors all day? Which there was a lot of Wind Water in the field, and I I, I could have just I would have just beat my head against the wall having to do that all day. So I was like, I want to play a fast deck that is going to force these decks that want that require setup time to just play very uncomfortably, and yeah. it worked. It just it was just like turn one, Vanille Yang Ursula, deal with it. 
or turn one Vincent Yuffie, deal with it. You know, like it was a lot of that. And next thing they know, they're on five or six damage and they're just literally one cockatrice away from dying. And that's what happened in several rounds. Yeah. So. I mean, if I saw a water card or a wind <clears throat> card come down turn one, oh, I, yeah. I was, I knew that that was like the signal to go. So mm-hmm. I, I was definitely playing a forward that turn 100%. Like I'd play like, if I could play like a backup and a forward, I would do that. Uh, Aegis mm-hmm. Soul, obviously, I'm doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it worked out. Uh, yeah, then I guess in top eight, I had to play Hunter again. Mm-hmm. Um, again, really bad for him. Like, I, because I, at that point, we got to look at everybody's deck list, and so I could see, like, the removal is cool they were doing that, mind you. And the only real removal, yeah, was Chaos Walker, which is pretty typical. I mean, that's what the other version of the deck had as well. And so, literally, every I think both games in top eight, I just went turn one, Godot, pass. And, like, yeah. I, I know he can't really do anything about that. It's true, unless he wants to commit to playing a Chaos Walker like right there on the spot. Well, even the second game, uh, I played a Godot and held a Godot in hand. So there it is. Yeah, there it is. But yeah, um, and then you had to play against William. Uh, well, I, I guess I'll kind of it kind of goes hand in hand. But uh, so I had to play William again in top eight because um, I, I beat him in Swiss in round four. And it wasn't even fair. Like it was, it wasn't even close. It was a blowout. Well, and then you know he got to look at my deck list, and uh, he was like, "Okay." And William's a really smart player. Like him, him and Hunter are like practically the same guy when it comes to how they play. And he was like, "Okay, I need to get like looking at my deck list." Because while we were waiting on the deck list, I was like, "Here, do you want to just look at my?" He's like, "Here, give me your deck. I'll give you mine." I was like, "That's fine," because he didn't know what half the cards did anyway. Yeah. So I was like, "Go ahead, read it. I'm gonna go grab a snack, whatever. Take your time." Because he still had to like pile shuffle his deck up. <clears throat> So he's like, okay, I have to get Wall out. So game one, he was able to like stabilize and get Wall. I lost game one clean. Mm-hmm. Uh, game two was the opposite. <clears throat> it was just a just a, a dumpster. I was just just Yang Ursula bodies holding up removal. Like there was just nothing he could do. And then game three was the same thing. Once he got a Wall and like a Dot of Luma going, and I was like, well, I, I like that's the thing about the deck I was playing when it, it's almost like turbo in a sense like you know when you're about to lose oh yeah i mean my deck was the same too like the signs were there like once the game hit a certain point you were just like i'm probably never getting over this the only nice thing about my deck is if i have like selfie out with like two other established backups i can usually get over most stuff so i can usually Mm -hmm. if i can put them to enough damage early i can still swing once a turn and force them to like make really bad blocks right no absolutely but, um, yeah, so then Will beat me in top eight. Then you had to play against him in top four. Yeah, and, again, it was really <clears> close. <throat> I uh, I smashed him pretty – like, turn – actually, game one almost went to deck out, which is probably the longest game I played on that deck. It was pretty crazy, and I managed to win. Just because he, he was forced to sit on, like, one or two backups the whole game and trying to constantly, like, respond to me playing forwards because I put him to five so early. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then eventually, yeah, like, like I had selfie out. I had five backups that game. I saw all three Samurais. Um and yeah, I was just selfing every turn and swinging over his stuff, like just swinging with like 10Ks and stuff. And mm-hmm. it didn't matter that he had like Cam and Dottaluma. And then uh, the second game, he adapted pretty well. Um, I felt like I was in control a lot of that game. And then, yeah, it just hit a point where like I knew I was gonna, I was dead. Celis uh, yep. was a pretty big problem. You know, I'm going to slow me down. And then mm-hmm. just the 4K uh, plus wall sometimes was, was enough to kill like my smaller fours before they get to attack the next turn. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was able to win that one, and then third game I was in control, pretty heavily, and we go into a turn where I had just swung out, uh, and he was on five or six, I want to say it was five, mm-hmm. and uh, he had one card in hand, one backup, 
and Celis on board. That was it. And so I'm like, okay, he can't play Shantoto here, and all my dudes are bigger than Celis. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then he he draws his two cards, and he goes, oh, that's pretty good. And he plays <laughs> Zalera. <laughs> this is probably the best Zalera I think I've ever seen. Like, it, so I was on. It was five damage, I think, to one. He has an active Celis. I have a dull two, a dull three, and a dull two. Mm, that's and, a pretty. That's a, that's a pretty good. Uh... Yeah, that's a pretty good uh, Zalera. Yep, so I just put all my stuff in the break zone, and uh, at that point I kind of figured I, I had lost. Uh, I tried to like play a Fury on the next turn. I had My one backup was a Ninja, so I'm hoping, like, okay, maybe if I can like get through the Celis, put get a point of damage, and I can finish the game with Ninja. And then mm-hmm. he was just able to like keep dropping forwards, and I couldn't get back over because I didn't have the backups I needed established. And then I drew dead a couple turns. And once I drew dead one turn, he kind of figured that I probably had to have a summon in hand. So I, held, I was holding a Phoenix, and then mm-hmm. Celis runic the Phoenix. And that was it. Like, that game was over after that. Yep. And then uh, I believe uh, on the other side, top four was... Um, it was the Wind Earth and the uh, Mono. Wind Water. Well, yeah, Wind Water, yeah. It was, yeah. Yeah, but then uh, I know Michael lost in top four, and I know, um, and then they just went. I believe they went ahead and just split. They split. The yeah, they, Will got the Keyblade, and uh, I think the Evan, the, the Wind Earth player, took the the dearly beloved like musical sheet, which was pretty cool. I kind of wanted that. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, I think they just split the packs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was because I think it was a box, the Keyblade and the dearly beloved for first place. Yeah. No, uh, second place got the dearly beloved. It was a keyblade oh, box they? for first, dearly beloved, and then like half a box for second. Okay, something like that. So yeah, they both made, they both made out like bandits. It sounds like here. Yeah, yeah it was a great tournament. But, yeah, overall, man, it was yeah, it was an absolutely fantastic event. Um, now I know I was talking to uh, Ryan and Joe that they want to they want to do what they're doing. They want to have like a monthly event like that, and they want to kind of um you know collaborate with us so they make sure like their tournaments on one side of the month and ours isn't you know what i mean like that way we don't step on each other's toes and you know maybe we can even collab on events coming up here soon yeah i know ryan asked me like maybe we could stream once every couple months down there and i told him like yeah if you let me know we can get space like it's not a problem yeah so absolutely yeah so those guys do great work down there man you know game theory is always a fantastic experience they you know they really put they really put together a fantastic event big shout out to those guys again you know can't can't say enough good and uh, you know it was a good field uh good players just a good time all across the board man yeah so, 31 uh, people that was bigger than any lq i think we had there yeah so, it was yeah, that, that was a big event there <clears throat> and the thing is like it's, it's we're just getting started over here because um you know on the 23rd we have our petite cup at battlegrounds which i think we're what up to 67 people at this point 67 as of right now pre-reg See that's awesome. That's awesome. We're you know we're I I think we'll I think we'll hit seventy or eighty before it's all said and done because I'm sure we'll get some like last minute foot traffic as well. So mm-hmm. I think we're in a good spot, man. We're in a real good spot, and you know the the season is underway, and it's really exciting to watch. Um, other than that, I think that I think that's all the news we have. We spent a lot of time on news because there was a lot to talk about. But you know, congrats to you know the winner of the uh, Arizona Petite Cup. Um, we'll you know maybe we'll see you in Kansas. We'll see what happens. And, uh, you know, congrats to William and Evan. Were the, uh, Evan was the guy who split with William? Yeah. Okay, yeah, congrats to those guys for, you know, finishing up the Keyblade Cup. Great events all weekend long. Just another great another great weekend for the community. Um, but what we want to talk about today, kind of in our main topic, was kind of a what we like to call just one of, one of our car ride conversations. And we, we talked about it a, a, you know, 
I don't know if we talked about it on the cast or before we started the cast last week, or maybe even like right after. Um, you know, the card pool is increasing. Um, we were kind of wondering if at some point, maybe not now, maybe not to like Opus 10, Opus 11, at what point does this game look at a rotation or maybe some sort of like legitimate BNR list or some sort of like multiple formats, like a, a legacy modern standard kind of thing. Um, and we, we, the only reason we bring this up and it's not because like, there's no frustration of that. This is just, you know, we're, we're literally just having a conversation. So there's nothing, there's nothing that's fueling this, if that makes any sense. Um, Cause we did kind of talk about it back in the day when Gesper and Thaumaturge were still a thing, but with, with, with more cards coming out, what gives you the incentive to want to play these newer cards when you have cards like Yashola around? And also, you know, Yashola is another, uh, another one that we bring up too, because the, these power cards from, you know, more so Opus 5, they become kind of prohibitive as to what you can print moving forward. So, Adam, I'll let you kind of say your thoughts on that because, you know, you, you know, you have more of an organized thought on this, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I, I mean, I want to preface this first off by saying I don't think anything should be banned. That's correct, not, correct. That's not what I'm 100. saying at all. Um, but I do think that there are, there are cards that, as we print more cards, they're just never going to go away. Yep, and I don't know if that's a good thing or not. And then they also like prohibit other archetypes, and they prohibit you mm -hmm. from even trying anything else inside the archetype that they're in. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, like you brought up, Ustola. Uh, Ustola is like a card that just shuts down a lot of strategies, mm -hmm. um, more so control strategies, really. But she also <laughs> benefits in control decks. So it's like you know, mm -hmm. the, the thing is like she's in every deck that's really good right now, right? Yeah, like absolutely. if you look at what most people th assume the top three is, um, she's in all three decks. Yep. Um, and at, at usually two to three copies. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing is uh, because you can't respond to forwards entering the field in this game uh, unless they put something on the stack, and even then they're already on the field, so it doesn't yep. really matter. Um, so you stole is just like a card where your opponent or like I could have an idea of what I want to do next turn. And I, and I feel like it's pretty good. And then they play Ishtola. I, I can't respond. And now my entire plan has to change on the fly. Um, yep. Yeah, because just because she shuts down any auto ability, which really the big one is Shantoto. So, like, if they've gone wide and you're just like, oh, I'm going to get them next turn. And then they just drop that. You're just like, oh, okay, cool. Now I can't do anything. I mean, now I can spend 7 CP to kill a Ishtola yep. instead of removing everything from game. And then, yeah, like the big summons and stuff. Like, once she hits the table, it, it just nullifies those. Uh, the fact that she can do it like whenever she wants, like she can kind of pick and choose. So she can wait until like a, the critical moment in the, the turn that you're trying to do to cancel maybe the Valifor, the Diabolus, that would have reactivated everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously you're not going to do that. A good player is going to see that she's already on the board and you know They're react accordingly, play. which or is beat you with something. Yeah, which is good. You know, I mean, she forces you to play differently. It's just it hurts other archetypes that aren't the top tiers too. And probably even worse than it hurts them. So she just shuts off a lot of things. And I guess what I'm saying is like that you're not just you're just never not gonna see her, right? Like there's no reason not to play her if you're playing green cards. And if that's the yeah. case, that's always gonna take up slots until the game goes away, right? Until we're not playing this game anymore, which I hope is mm -hmm. a long time. Um Yeah. 
And, and to, to more to that point, um, again, not not that this is like a bash Ishtola day, because I love the card. I think it's a fantastic well, I, card. I hate the but card, I, but I understand why she's good. Yeah. Right. Like, um, what, what was there was a post that somebody made in one of the groups like, hey, I don't have the Ishtolas and I'm playing this deck. What can I replace her with? You can't. Yeah. Like, the simple answer to that is there's no replacement for Yashtola in a deck with green cards. Yeah, it was just like wall. People tried to replace wall. And I mean, I guess there's a little bit more like kind of budget replacements for wall, but it's still wall. You can't replace it. Mm -hmm. um, and actually, I think the funny thing is, I think wall compared to these other cards that we're probably talking oh, about is a bit tape, even though he does change mechanics too. And, and maybe the yeah. way to go about it instead of like eventually banning these, because if we're never going to rotate, we're just going to have to come to terms that there's going to be a ban list and it's going to increase. Yeah. Um, it's just going to happen. Granted, yesterday I would have taken Yashtola over Wall 12 times out of 10. Oh, yeah. But I'm, I'm not saying, yeah. I'm not saying that Wall doesn't come into play a lot. Like, it's just most of the time Yashtola is shutting down more strategies than Wall is. No, correct. Correct. Um, yeah. And, and maybe, like, limiting like limiting a card might be good instead of banning. Mm -hmm. Like, you, you can only play one of it in your deck. I still feel mm -hmm. like a one of Yashtola is still really, really good. Mm -hmm. uh, but that would hurt other cards like Dottaluma, right? Like Dottaluma basically takes up, you know, well, at least six slots in your Wind Earth deck. I mean, I think Wind yep. Earth could still thrive without him, but he's mm -hmm. definitely a big deal. I think it would go more toward like the Yuri Chalinka stuff if Dottaluma yep. was like limited mm -hmm. to one. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess he's another card that kind of just drives an arc like that kind of archetype, makes a, makes a bunch of other cards good, which maybe is a good thing. But it's really frustrating when you get locked out of a game and you can't really answer what they're trying to do. Right, and to, to kind of go back to the to the point of you know as new cards get printed, you're you're either going to have to play these cards that are just they just can't compete, or you're going to have another Opus Five situation where the power creep becomes so real that you just kind of hate fuck the cards out of the game themselves. Yeah, and, and you don't want to do that either. I think they've done a good job as far as like true power creep is concerned because like no two cards are really the same yeah no i agree with that i agree with that they're they're just different like you know bahamut's always the great example there they all kind of do the same thing but they're different enough to make you not um you know like one's not making the other one obsolete but i also think that that's also kind of what's put in fire in a bad place because like sure. the fact that they don't want to print things that are just flat out better than what we have just gets us things that are like kind of different from what we have which is still not good you know so yeah it, it gets us another ifrit that's that's doing nothing you yeah. know what i mean yeah i guess what yeah, i'm saying no. is like you know if they keep printing these earth and wind cards like why are we gonna play those a lot a lot of those cards anyways because i mean we're gonna get like 100 and you know what 20 cards in a set mm -hmm. and like but we're just gonna still keep seeing shola and daluma is that gonna yeah. be healthy for the game at a certain point i'm not i'm Right now, I think it's fine. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I'm I, I'm just looking like way forward. Like, are are we gonna be? My worry is like, are we gonna be on like Opus fifteen or sixteen or whatever, and still seeing Wind Earth with like three new cards? You know, exactly. And then that's that's what I want to avoid because also what's gonna happen. Um, and, and when I say that hurts the game, unless you start talking reprints, you know, I. I don't know what the deal is, but Opus Five is still extremely hard to come by. And if these if these Yastolas, these Wolves, these Diabolises, these Aluas, like these power cards from Five, continue to be cornerstones 
and you know full playset worthy cards and decks. And it, I feel like the the further away we get from Opus Five, the harder it's going to be to get these cards without reprints. Does that I, I and because they are so powerful and they're still so important to all these decks, mm. that does create a problem because now nobody can get these cards. So yeah. people are like, well, I can't play this deck. Then well, I guess I'm just not going to play. So to be you know fair, I mean? just to counterpoint it, I'm not I'm not saying you're not right. But, like, mm. it's still cheaper than a Magic deck. Oh, sure. <laughs> you know, sure. E- even these, like, if you want to call them, like, legacy Final Fantasy decks, right? Like, they have all the cards from all the mm. Opuses, and mostly Opus Five. I mean, it's, you know, it's still a lot cheaper than a Magic oh, deck. Oh, a, a, a playset of Yastolas is cheaper than one Scalding Tarn by by a mile. Yeah. By a mile. And then I just want to, like, for for the... I know, like, people have been worried that, like, the price of decks is going up, right? Which is true to an extent, depending on the deck you're playing. Mm-hmm. But the deck I played yesterday that I finished fourth with, you know what the non-foil like low of that deck is on FF decks? That's, that's what like eight bucks or something like that. Thirty dollars. Oof. Thirty dollars yeah. for a non for that deck non-foil. Yep. Because so, I don't think you had any. You, there weren't any. Uh, the one you had one big phoenix in the deck. And I, I think had, that was the only legendary in the deck, right? I had one legend in the entire deck. Yeah. Yep. Everything else was either starter, rare, common, or heroic. Yep. Yeah. And no like big no like big dollar heroics either. I think like soul. No. I mean soul soul and light wall. Soul light wall Luneth, uh, Phoenix. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, and yeah. they're all like a dollar yeah. if that. So. Yeah. So I agree with that, and I, I think, and and I don't want to sit there and say that oh we have to rotate these cards out. Um, I, I think also by having a card pool this big, it does promote innovation. Yeah, oh, um, yeah. I think that if they can somehow continue to, instead of like adding cards to previous archetypes, which I think they mm-hmm. still do kind of do, but they're pretty care. They seem to be kind of careful about it, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. But they have to constantly push new archetypes like all the time, like, it, which is gonna eventually be extremely hard. Like, is there yeah. ever gonna be an Earth Wind build if you don't limit Dotaluma mm-hmm. or Ban or whatever? Is there ever gonna be an Earth Wind build that's optimal that doesn't run that card? Correct, and and I think that's I guess that's what I was getting at there. Um, if I can't get my hands on these cards, or they don't they they don't rotate, it doesn't matter if we're at Opus fifteen. Why am I? Why would I play these colors without these cards? Yeah, you know what I mean. And I and that what why that's a big deal is you know you want people to invest in these new cards and in these new sets. But if I if we're to a point where these decks are so established. Why why do I need to buy sealed product when I can just be like, oh, I'm gonna proxy three copies of that, see how it plays, and I'll just buy singles, and then that's all I'm gonna buy. Well, yeah, I mean, if you want to be like a dedicated Wind Earth player, because if they don't ever change anything, that deck's always gonna be at least good. Like, I just, that's what I'm saying. I just don't see how it would ever be completely invalidated. I I I, mm-hmm. I just don't see it. So like, you could literally, if you're if you're the type of player that's like, and then maybe maybe this is a good thing. Maybe I mean, you know, maybe counter argument like. The fact that a player can just have this one deck, and then when a new set comes out, instead of having to spend two hundred dollars to get all the cards or three hundred dollars yeah, or whatever, absolutely. he just he just buys the six rares or the three legendaries that he needs for his deck, and he pops mm-hmm. them in, and he's good to go. Yep. So no, maybe, and I, I agree with that. I, I think there there are both sides to the coin here. That's why that's why I'm saying I, I think the game is fantastic where it's at. But I do think, you know, for the, the health and the longevity of the game, you know, we do have to think towards the future and things like this. And I think the bigger the car pool, the card pool gets, 
the 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 harder it's going to be to really entice people to play these newer cards and, yeah. I, and that's what i worry about it's the same for me i'm more worried about like the tournament meta than anything else really like yeah i understand for cost or whatever like if you're a person that's already been in you already have your deck and all you gotta do is add three commons in or whatever then oh, yeah. you know you're you're saving a lot of money because you don't have to worry about your cards rotating, so you're, you know never. Uh -huh. But also that hurts a new player too, like the counter to that. Because a new player, if they want to get in, and you're like, oh well, if you want to play this deck, you gotta go get some Opus Five, dude. Like, you know, that's probably exactly. And I think that's part, and I think that's part of the problem. Unless you know, unless Opus Nine or Opus Ten becomes this just incredibly you know, set very much like Opus 5 where all the legends are super powerful. Do we really want that, though? I don't know if we no, want that. I don't think we do. Um, I, I think Opus 5 was enough. Yeah. I think Opus 5 is the big problem set, to be honest, like, the, the for the power level of where certain cards are. Yeah, I, I don't think you can find a competitive deck anywhere that doesn't run some one of the cards from Opus 5. When I say one of the cards, I mean one of the legendaries or a Lua. I will say, like, you could take the Phoenix out of the deck that I played yesterday and be perfectly fine. But it does have mm. Opus 5 cards in there. They're just not Legends. Right. So. so yeah, like, yeah, because you're, you're, well, you're running uh, Luneth and Ingus. They were, uh, sorry, you're running Luneth. He's an Opus 5 yeah. heroic. So, Good, I mean, Godot, would... Opus 5. Yep. Wall, mm. Opus 5. Yeah. Uh, Warrior, Opus 5. Yep. So. And I'm not saying you know Opus Five is a set that shouldn't exist, but it definitely warped the game. And I, what I worry about is is be, those cards are going to become decks are going to be still be so reliant on those cards, you know, five sets down the line, and they're already hard to get. At what point do you start looking at a rotation or some or BNR list? And the question is, it, let, let let's kind of speculate here for you know just a couple more minutes before we wrap this up. How, what do decks look like if say you rotate? the first three sets out of the like say you take so we're at we're at opus 10 you know the cards look great um archetypes are still shining what do you think happens if they take like the first two three sets and rotate those I, out i think it would be bad to rotate the first three i don't think it changes enough i think the deck set is already good will still be really good the only thing that really gets hurt i guess there's a few things that really get hurt if you do that so yuna's mm -hmm. gone valifor is gone yep. shantoto has gone all any, the anthems are any gone. Any anthem is gone. Al Cid is gone. Mm -hmm. Genesis is gone. Mm -hmm. uh, and then like other uh, other like really good backups like Devout's gone. Yep. Emperor's uh, gone. Yeah. So I mean, it, it would change some stuff for sure, but I don't know if it would change stuff for the better because Opus Five is still there. I think yep. I think Mono Win might just be absurd if you did that. Yeah. No, I, I don't disagree with that at all. But they do lose Archer, which you, is huge. You lose Archer. But, like, you still get to keep Yuri, Chalinka, that entire package. You still get to keep right. Yustola. You still have Diabolos. You do lose right. Chaos Walker. You lose right. the Thoughtseize at but you still have Opus 6 at Right. Um, I mean, you don't... I mean, they lose some things, but, like, not mm -hmm. a, a whole lot. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm trying to think. The deck I played yesterday, let's see what they would lose. They'll lose Ephemeral Phantom, and it's... Uh, Lebro. LeBro, uh, Selfie, Phoenix. and then I played Sage yesterday. That's it. But uh, yeah, you lose, lose the Little Phoenix as well. Oh yeah, Little Phoenix is Opus Three. Yeah, which is a big deal actually. I would actually yeah. be a little upset if that card rotated out because I think that card's in a good place right now. But yep. I don't actually. I don't think banning just the first three Opuses would would do would would be good. In mm -hmm. my in my opinion, I think it 
it has to include Opus Five if you're gonna really if you yeah. really want to like shake things up. It has mm-hmm. to include Opus Five in a way, but I don't think they're gonna rotate anyways. I don't think rotation's even in their plan. I think Kageyama said that a few times, anyways. Yep. Which um, I, I which I think is fine because I want to I want to play with all the cards that I have access. Sure. To. Yeah. Yeah. I but I do think that at some point more cards will get banned, and it might not be that they're banned because they're so inherently broken. They might just be banned because the meta needs to change. You know. Yeah. Cause no, he, that, that's one hundred percent, and I I think and I think that's I'm glad you said that because that is that's a good reason to kind of start a BNR list. Yeah, you even know, you, even if you yeah, even if you don't like the idea of like a rotation or banning cards or whatever, and I I'm not a huge fan of it, but like if you've ever played a game that has a rotation or that uh, that moves cards to like ban or Hall of Fame or whatever you want to call it, that. When they do those things, if they do it the right way, the game feels so refreshing after that. Mm-hmm. And it's a really, really good thing. And I just yep. don't want to get to the point where, like, yeah, I like playing with this big card pool. I like building decks. You have a lot of freedom with what you want to do. A lot of stuff's Absolutely. good. And even the top-tier car- stuff is beatable. It's really mm-hmm. good, but it's beatable. You, I don't want to get to the point where if it's going to get stale. And I do mm-hmm. think there's got to be a wall, some, a, a wall like W-A-L-L, somewhere that we're going <laughs> to hit. That's gonna the game is gonna be stale unless something changes, and it might not be because something's broken. It's gonna just be because you you're seeing the same stuff. Yeah, yeah. Or they're, or they're gonna print a card or two in the next couple sets that's just gonna make Wool, Yustola, Alua like they're already powerhouse cards. Yeah. But now it's just gonna make it like just such an unfair dominant archetype, or over the course of a few archetypes. That that's all you're gonna see if you walk into it. If you walk into a competitive event, eighty percent of the floor is gonna be one of these three decks. Now, some say you know having you know three decks like that is pretty healthy, but what if it happens in the next season, and then the season after that? But it's the same three archetypes. That's what we're saying. Yeah, I mean that's that's my only worry. Like I said, I'm I'm happy with where the game is right now. Yeah, uh, I am too. I think it's in a very good spot. I think it is because I, I I think. You can play one of the big three, and the thing is, the the top decks are not easy to play. No, they're they're extremely there, hard. There is that learning curve there, but also too the fact that you know you can play a mono fire deck, you can play a mono earth deck, and go to a tournament and have and be successful with it, um, or you can still be on mono water for Sylvia and have success at a tournament. So I mean, like there's the 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 while there is a you know a clear cut pecking order, it doesn't mean that it's always gonna win. Yep. But you know, I think it's I think it's a conversation that, that we you know we can have multiple times over the course of some podcasts as the game changes. And you know, you guys let us know what you think. Um, you know, again, like we said, we're not calling for anything. We don't th- we think the game's in a really good spot right now. But you got to start thinking towards the future and the way some cards interact with each other and how they have become staples in decks. And they're not going. Gishtola is not going anywhere anytime soon. And Diabolos not going anywhere anytime soon. Wool not going anywhere. Alua not going anywhere. Um, Cloud of Darkness not going anywhere. Like these are cards that are just they're they're here to stay as long as they're allowed to be in the capacity that they're in. So you guys let us know what you think in the comments. You know on the YouTube channel, on the SoundCloud, wherever you listen to us. You know post up in the comments. Let us know what you think. If you think uh you know a rotation would be healthy. If you think a BNR list over time to kind of keep things fresh. Now, keep in mind, too, I also want to say this. Just because a card is banned doesn't mean it's banned forever. So, like, if they put, say they put Diabolos on the ban list, they'll see how the game goes for a year. Oh, you know what? 
it's not in a good place. It just killed this archetype way too much or it made it, you know, bring it back. You know, like they're just because something's been banned or restricted doesn't mean it's not going to be that way forever. Like we could get to a point where Gesper and Thaumaturge come back, or I could easily see Thaumaturge coming back before Gesper, but it could easily happen. Yeah. So, but otherwise, man, that's all I got today. I got to unfortunately go to work, but you know, it is also Super Bowl Sunday. So I'm really excited about that. Um, we're we're, we're going to watch Tom Brady do Tom Brady things again today. How does that grab you? Uh, hopefully not. We'll yeah, see. correct. We'll correct. Indeed. But um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see you guys next week. Uh, I will be doing nothing next week. I don't think there's any events happening that I know of. It just uh, locals. Oh, the fan yeah, fest is next week, but we're not going to be there. Yeah, there's what's next week? I'm sorry. The fan fest, right? Fan fest is next week. Holy shit! Yeah, you're right. Yeah, fan fest is next week. I know uh, Stephen, Lord Byron, and Muhammad are going to that, so I can't wait to um, you know, kind of pick their brand and see what they thought of that. Yeah, maybe uh, we'll have we to have them on. Do what? Maybe we'll have them on next week. Yeah, I think that'd be a good idea because I would like to hear about the. Uh, I would like to hear about how the fan fest was and how like because this will be the first one for the trading card game, so I can't wait to see how like the groundwork is laid for it. And then I know the week after that I'm going to New York for their for their petite cup, so that'll be fun. Um, obviously, if the weather is still like frozen over and shit, I might you know just bite the bullet on the twenty five dollars and stay home where it's warm. But I'd like to go. I'm, I'm like 99.99 repeating, of course, going. So, but that's all I've got. So, um, and we're gonna go ahead and sign off, Adam. Any parting thoughts? I got nothing. Just pre-reg for the petite cup. Yes, <laughs> if you're yeah, coming, if you're in the area, please. You know, we got we got room for you. We got places you can stay. Holla at your boy. Yeah. And uh, it's gonna be a good one, I think. So. Yeah, I agree. It's gonna be a great one. So many prizes, so many prizes, so much fun. It's like it's like the Bozo Super Sunday show, but way better. Oh man, I want to play the game where you throw the stuff in the buckets. Oh, the grand prize game? Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's a crisp one hundred dollar bill at the end, but in this in this case there's a crisp PlayStation four in the end. Seems but good. It, it seems real good. But that's all I got. We're gonna sign off on that. All right. See you later. Hey everybody, thanks for listening once again to the RVA Returners podcast. If you like this content and you want to hear more, check us out on YouTube at RVA Returners and make sure you follow us on SoundCloud and check us out on Google Play and iTunes.